Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. abortion where it's uh, usually seen in animals but it can hand, happen in people too where um, there's uh, an infection or um, something goes wrong and mom gets sick and basically the baby is at risk and then the body reacts and and uh, rejects the fetus and then you, you have a miscarriage and it can be late term miscarriage, second and third trimester. And those can also be pretty messy, um, both physically and, and emotionally. Uh, there's not much you can do about that. Uh, you can always go to the hospital. We have a lot of technology to help us prevent this, but if it's an animal, um, if they get sick and they can miscarry when they're sick, that, that does ap- happen a little bit more often than in humans because of our technological advances. And the third one is um, the purpose, inducement of a miscarriage. Purposeful uh, miscarriage is use of technology to purposely remove the baby from the human. This is the one that is most often argued as the pro-choice option 
of miscarriaging or aborting. So you have technically three kinds of, of different types of abortion. Miscarriage, which is body acting normally and doing what it needs to do to let the mother survive. Contagion abortion, which is through sickness, you have an abortion. And the third one is the uh, human inter- intervention, the abortion by choice, where you remove the fetus using medical technology. So hopefully we've laid down the at least the framework of where we're going to go. And the only one that really matters in this particular argument is the one that's done by medical technology. Now, there's a few different sides to this moral argument. Let's start on the, the pro-choice side, which is more of a religious position than any other, and it's uh, it's it's based on all life is sacred. The Bible says that thou shalt not kill, that type of thing, or if you talk with um, Muslims, then taking a life is, uh, is a huge sin, and, and you're going to go to hell or some shit, and other religions have the same type of thing, where you're basically killing a life and that life is sacred in some way and you have no right to. So that's the religious aspect of it. But I also found something pretty interesting while looking for a non-religious aspect or view. So there's a website called the Family Research Council. It was founded in 1983. So this is fairly er early. And it is the argument that I found, if you go frc.org slash arguments, you'll see one that says best pro-choice or excuse me, best pro-life arguments for secular audiences. So these are people that don't care about religion. So you're looking for an argument that is pro-life, yet doesn't invoke religion, because we know all about how um, hypocritical those arguments are. For example, God himself did abortions. There's uh, the thing called bitter water in the Bible, where you could drink this, and if it wasn't your son because your wife was raped or whatever, and it's not your son, then she'd have an abortion through the bitter water. But if the baby survived, then it is your son or some such stupid bullshit that came from 2,000 years ago. So this uh, thing was written by Rob Schwarzwalder, Senior Vice President of the FRC. And... I'll just read the introduction and a a little bit of uh, of the pieces in here. It's a rather large article, and I don't want to sit here and read the whole thing. But an abortion is unlike any other issue debated today. Millions of Americans, women, have aborted a child. And the pain, loss, and emotional need to justify what was done, both part of the mother and part of her loved ones, is strong and deep. This means that in any debate, you may face the invisible thumb scales so that you, even the best logic will fail to persuade. It's basically kind of tipping the scales. And what this has already started to argue is an emotional and moral argument for pro-life. And I'll I'll get to why I find this weird to begin with. Um, The best you can do is arm yourself with facts and deliver them 
in what you hope to be a winning way for your audience, meaning that you will need to make your case in most instances, not in the language or faith or religion, but engaging in postmodern secularists, which is true. The new secular religions are Black Lives Matter, separatists of uh, segregationists, essentially, not based on any Bible passage, but just merely based on stupid superficial bullshit. You have the feminists who are basically claiming to advocate for equality and women's rights, but in reality and in action, they are aimed toward the superiority of women. So they are definitely, there's a conflict even between them, which I'll get to in a little bit, but they, they are usually pro-choice because reasons. And then you have um, the social justice which is uh, a connection between uh, the various races and minority demographics banding together um, to combat what they perceive as inequality. But these are all secular ideologies in essence. They don't seem to have any truth behind them, unfortunately. They have a lot of arguments, and they all seem to be moral and relative arguments, but they don't have any objective facts behind them, which is usually why they, if you see them online or you look at YouTube videos, they have the worst ratings ever. So arguments from science, the classic arguments from the other side are collapsing under the weight of science is what they say. No one knows when life begins and it's a blob of tissue are the frankly too, or frankly on the wane, especially in the context of surgical abortion which is how the vast majority of abortions are done today. Still, establishing the evidence of the beginnings of human life will ground, your, will ground your argumentation in science, giving you a firm foundation for additional arguments and preempting the charge that you will be basing your position on faith or religion. So it's a secular position in this particular thing. So they have a, a big section about um, citing the facts, um, Citing about human development, arguing from the law, and uh, the first thing they call up is Roe Wade, Roe v. Wade, which most people are pretty familiar with. So, um, construction of a pro-legal argument. There's there's quite a few different. Um, points to be made in this article, and perhaps I'll just go over this one article in my YouTube channel. From a critical standpoint, actually, I don't know if I agree with it yet or not, because I read most of the way through it, um, but when it starts to get to the legalese, I, I particularly stopped because it wasn't relevant to this particular episode. So, um, now that's that's the pro-life argument from a secular position is to take a look and try to remove the religious aspects of it, of all life is sacred, um, even though God did abortions to begin with, and try to use scientific arguments or legal arguments or um, positional arguments. Now, that has some merit, but that doesn't necessarily include the choice of women and whether or not they want to take the life of a child or not, uh, depending on what they want to classify a relative or uh, argue a moral relative stance from. So 
here's here's one that I found that's on the opposing side. It's from MIT Pro Choice slash www or slash reasons dot html. Um, this is from the MIT website. If you care to search up Pro Choice arguments or Pro Choice reasons, you'll find this. Um, posters, resources, facts, events, so on and so forth. I can't tell if this is just the pro-choice group or not, um, but it became fairly apparent where they came from, and let's read on. Each person has a unique reason to be pro-choice. Here are some of ours. I am pro-choice because I don't think there is any reason why a woman should have to face all the consequences of something she did not do alone. If a guy can get a woman pregnant and then a runaway, there's no reason why she she should be on the one responsible for everything. Having more options puts a woman on equal footing with men instead of being someone who they can take advantage of. In addition, I believe it is best for the child not to be born at all than to be born hated to a mother who is forced to have him or her because she has no choice. Not because she wants the child. I, I edited part of that. What it really says is, I believe it's best for a child not to be born at all than to be born hated to a mother who is forced to have him because she has no choice. So instantly thinking it's a male baby. And I'll outline why that is in a second. The single most important factor for women's advance in society is our ability, control, and our fertility. Without that, we are trapped by the realities of pregnancy, childbirth, and childrearing rather than privilege, than a privilege and a gift. These aspects of being female become unbearably burdenful. Attempts to limit women's reproductive freedom are no more than the gambit of women. Uh, keep women in their place, a gamut of guys, a religious moralism, which is true. Religious moralism has been used on females for three, four, six centuries now. Uh, it's 6,000 years of bullshit ignorance is not any good for any woman. That's for true. Um, true, the guys can run deep. Many the so-called pro-lifers believe that killing a fetus is equivalent to killing a human being. But such religious feeling has no place in public policies or country that claims separation of church and state. In, in the words of the Supreme Court Justice, la, 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 at the heart of liberty is the height to define one's own concept of existence, meaning, and the universe, and the mystery of human life. No one wants to plan an abortion. But the best way is to prevent abortions by preventing unwanted pregnancies through sex ed, improving distribution of birth control, general empowerment of women, and to shape our individual lives. Part of that is true. And this is a graduate student of biology that wrote this. Um, it is true that it's probably the best. Uh, we need a standardized method of um, preventing unwanted pregnancies in some realistic manner. Uh, sex ed is equally important, and there's a lot of work over there. Um, Improved distribution of birth control should be also helpful, but um, anybody can go to a nearby Walgreens and get exactly what they need to prevent such things. Um, and then this is where it comes fun. 
So here's the next one. This is a undergraduate student of linguistics and philosophy, so we can guarantee that this is a uh, a winner. I think one of the biggest problems of abortion is the debate is aren't in uh, two sides of the debate aren't in direct opposition. The pro-life movement seeks to force their moral beliefs on others, grounded in their own religion or personal philosophy. The pro-choice movement doesn't make claims on the morality of abortion. We leave that as an individual choice for every woman faced with unwanted pregnancies. If they feel abortion is wrong and they want to give their child up for adoption or keep it, that's their decision. Pro-life people say abortion is wrong. We only say abortion is. Making abortion illegal won't stop abortions from happening. It will only prevent them from being safe. And then it gives a stance, or a stat of uh, aborted, um, illegal abortions, essentially. 43% is what it says. Um, I'd have to check that number. I, I don't trust exactly somebody from linguistics and philosophy to give statistics. Uh, changing laws doesn't solve the problems. Making contraception available and affordable does. Well, it is, so there you go. It still happens, so I guess that doesn't work. Um, we're to man- maintain separation of church and state. So our central nation's identity, we cannot have people force beliefs upon others. So it, the, the last one is where I want to get. This is undergraduate student of mathematics. And it's um, it's it's rather epic. I think this is the right one. So it's the undergraduate student of mathematics. We can already tell where this is coming from when we read the first sentence. I am pro-choice because it's the only option that isn't poisoned with misogyny. I believe that we are responsible for justifying our beliefs, and this one uh, just as one cannot claim. That given any given race is inferior to another because that's what it's what I believe. No, I don't think one can argue that an old white man can assert control over a woman's uterus and future because they claim to believe that the fetus is comparable to human life. That belief is so clearly a result of the fact that only women can get pregnant and only women would ever have to carry an unwanted fetus to term that I find it laughable that anyone claims to be anti-choice has anything to do with concern for potential life. Anyone can really believe that abortion would even be an issue if men had to face the possibility of giving birth and raising the child because of one night of failed contraception. So clearly, this is a feminist argument. You can see that the, the feminism has attached itself to this particular argument of pro-choice quite heavily. So you see a lot of moral grandstanding that you can't prove that it's a life. You see a lot of standing in in these articles that it's um, unwanted pregnancies and people need access to contraception, right? So uh, to continue on with that, the moral arguments between each depend. The the religious moral argument is life is sacred, and I reiterated that. The secular one is a little bit more interesting, and we're about to cover that in a second. And then you see the pro-life argument that you can't prove that it is a life to begin with, and you're interfering with women's choice. And uh, one of the 
better arguments that come out of here is it takes two to tango, and if the guy ditches, well, then what are you going to do? Well, let's discuss at least the first part, which is the contraception, which seems to be that it's not available for anyone and everyone, and that's just a big issue. So on the WikiHow website, there is a section called Prevent Pregnancy. If you do prevent slash pregnancy or prevent dash pregnancy on WikiHow.com, you'll find this article. There is five methods that they provide. There's the barrier method, hormonal control, behavioral methods, surgical, and preventive pregnancy after sex. So let us be clear first. You You cannot get pregnant unless there's two people involved. And that includes getting sperm from a sperm donation clinic or even on the side, because I've heard of people going to Craigslist of all things to get a active donation of sperm from some random dude, which is disturbing, but it happens. At any rate, it's, it's, there, there's five basic methods that you can prevent uh, getting pregnant in the first place. So if there's five methods, I would suggest that there's no excuse for one to get pregnant. Um, although, I have to admit, I have met at least one person in my entire life that was born through a condom, through the diaphragm, through birth control, and through birth spermicide, and she still got pregnant. That is uh, what one might call a miracle baby because that was four different styles of preventative methods and they all failed catastrophically at once. And I have to admit that if you look at the statistics on this as well, that 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 type of contraception, the only way that it could happen is through sabotage or extreme uh, negligence. So you're, you're, Rubber would have to fail. Your condom would have to fail. The diaphragm would have to fail as well. Your um, spermicide would have to be expired or old or non-effective. And then your birth control might have would have to have been ineffective equally as well. And both all of those have like a 90% success rate. So if you go down the statistics of probability, that is a pretty high what-the-hell moment if all four of those failed. But let's go through each four of these and discuss. I don't want to get too much into it, but essentially, uh, let's start with the first one, which is the barrier methods. We're all familiar with the barrier methods, and it's basically to trap or stop um, sperm meeting the egg. Uh, in any which way. There's male version and there's a female version of both of these. Everybody knows what they are. If you don't, I suggest you go to birth or go to sex ed. That's not what this episode's about. The second one is a hormonal control. This is your typical birth control pills that you can get um, prescribed based on your OBGYN. They can take some blood sampling and figure out which, which one will possibly work best for you. There's also the depot shot, which um, may or may not work for you. You can get it in a couple ways. You can actually get a shot. You can get a patch. And then there's the con- control ring. And uh, the control ring 
is an implant and it release hormones and it can last up to three years. Um, Depo, I think, is nine years, if I remember right. No, it's not that long. I think it's three to five years as well. Um, my wife didn't do Depo. She had the IUD, which is the next one, that is a um, device inserted inside the woman that lasts up to 10 to 12 years. Um, they're a little bit more expensive. Uh, they can cost up $1,000, so they're not exactly cheap. Um, insurance covers most of that, believe it or not, especially if you have a job. And uh, it's very effective. Um, my wife went almost 10 years and never once had a baby. I've heard of somebody else where this thing fell out, and as soon as it fell out, they had a baby. There's behavioral methods. This is method three. And we all know what behavioral methods, this is the one that religious push the most is chastity, basic abstinence. They want you to abstain from controlling your urges, wear a girdle, do something like that. Um, religious practices such as the uh, male and female genital, uh, genital mutilations are a part of behavioral control. They were developed to try and enforce people to not want to do or have sex. So that's where they came from. And that's one of the things that, the reasons um, feminisms and the feminist and secular arguments um, hate the religious ones because they don't work when it comes to solution. And then we also have fertility awareness. You know, you can check your dates. Hopefully you get your cycles right, but um, women's menstrual cycle can fluctuate. So it's, it's not entirely that accurate. Um, sometimes you can do temperature gauging. There's method four, and this one's usually more um, permanent. I don't know how else to put it. You can cauterize, tie and cut, or band the fallopian tubes, which makes a woman sterile. You're done. Same for the men. You can have the vasectomy, which is to cut the tubes away from the testicles. You're done. No more kids ever. Um, both of those methods are 100% effective from what I understand. I've heard 99 and 98% effective. You can still get pregnant. Um, and the reason why they say that is, in fact, you have several eggs that typically will fall or can fall, and they sometimes stick to the inner lining. So every time you actually have a period, you're not losing all the eggs, um, potentially. Uh, this doesn't always happen, and normally this is 100% effective. You basically cut them off, and you're done. No kids ever again. Then there's the last one, which is the preventative pregnancy after sex. So you have the morning after pill is what it's often referred to as, which is a uh, just-in-case. It basically makes you... Uh, It makes you go through your menstrual cycle. I don't know how else to put it. It's pretty uh, – sometimes it makes people sick, and it's usually used as a last resort. Although um, lately it's been used as, I just had unprotective sex. I might as well go do this and get that morning after pill. It basically forces a miscarriage or a natural abortion. 
so that's um, preventative measures that you can do, and there's five of them. If you want to read more, check out WikiHow Preventative Pregnancy. There's an additional information I want you to take up and uh, take a look at because I find this argument absolutely ridiculous. If you go to, say, Walgreens.com, CSV will have the same thing. So you go and search for condoms. Make the male be responsible. Fifteen bucks to get a full pack of ten. Sixteen ninety-seven, sixteen seventy-nine, excuse me, for a pack of thirty-six. Um, if you can't afford that, and you want to go just gallivant, and you're going to a uh, bar where drinks are ten bucks a head, you're a piece of shit as a guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't be prepared for women. I'm probably spelling it wrong. I suck. So I was going to look look up women's contraception. Yeah, I was missing a G. That's what I get. Oops. Huh. They have a diaphragm 65 millimeters and it has to be prescribed so men's are over the counter women's are not so much I see that this is a problem actually this says drug information I'm going to search this up real quick All right, so it looks like that you can go to Planned Parenthood and get what you need. Um, But interestingly, it looks like you'd have to go uh, to a doctor to get one. So you'd have to see an OBGYN. Here we go. PlannedParenthood.org. Let's see what they say. Where can I buy a diaphragm? You can buy a diaphragm at a pharmacy, drugstore, or health center after you get a prescription from your nurse or doctor. Diaphragms are not one size fits all. They come in different sizes. Your nurse or doctor will fit you. Interestingly, that's interesting. So it's not like men's contraception. It's which, you know, ours is flexible and it's external. So it kind of makes sense. It's easier to get a hold of. Getting a diaphragm will cost anywhere between nothing and 250 bucks. That includes the cost of an exam fitting plus your cost of diaphragms. Spermicide can cost around five to 15 bucks. And that's one of the other ones that was mentioned is spermicide. So the cost uh, is a hell of a lot more, which is not cool, but I can understand because they have to be custom fitted, which is a little bit more difficult because they can't be, um, mass produced like condoms can that's real simple to do so it's kind of understandable but at the same time it's ridiculous that it costs more alright so let's move on into f- facing 
the moral argument on its head. I'm going to first address the most common argument that I saw in the pro-choice side um, based on the NMIT article that had five or six different feminists kind of respond. And you see every time that they say you can't prove that it's just a life, that it's human life. You, it's just a clump of cells. You'll often see that argued. You'll hear from the religious people that, no, it's not just a clump of, clump of cells. I believe life starts X. Well, I'm curious because I kind of sit on the fence in this. I actually, I'm pro-life and pro-choice. I'm pro-life because of science. I'm pro-choice because if you want to kill a baby, that's, that's on you. It has nothing to do with me. Um, if it happens to be mine, I'll try to convince you otherwise. Um, but chances are you won't. Um, and what will end up happening is I will never talk or see that person again mainly because I find the action of killing life reprehensible. But let's get into that right now, in fact. I want to read a section from... uh, Where did I put it? Oh, apparently I moved the link. Or is it on... No, it's not on the other page. I must have closed it. There was a link that I had up and I closed it. So give me a second. From Princeton, EB, um, this is from Princeton EDU. It's an article that was published in the International Journal of Sociology and Social Policy, written by Diane Irving, MA and PhD. So a doctor. This is written in 1999, so it's a little bit dated, 17 years old. But let's go down to the very best part. When does human life or human, when does a human being begin? So let's dive into it. Getting a handle on just a few basic human embryological terms accurately can considerably clarify the drastic difference between the scientific myths that are currently circulating and the actual objective scientific facts. This would include such basic terms as gameogenesis, ogeogenesis, spermatogenesis, fertilization, zygote, embryo, and blastocide. Only a brief scientific description of e will be given uh, here for these terms. Furthermore, to further, more complicated details can be attained by investigating any well-established human embryology textbook in the library such as some of the, those referenced below. So there's huge reference list, and I, I implore you to check this out. Please note, that all seven t- uh, please note that the scientific facts presented here are not simply a matter of opinion, mine and the writers. They are direct quotes ref- and references from some of the most highly respected human embryology textbooks and represented a consensus of human embryologists, <laughs> embryologists internationally. So embryology is a study of embryotic um, processes and growth. Uh, it cannot, it doesn't just apply to humans. It can apply to anything that is mammalian, essentially, including uh, those that lay eggs. So it can pl- apply to reptiles as well. So there's some specialization that you can go into, but essentially it's the focus on reproduction specifically that embryology 
focuses on. So let's start with the first section that I hope will nail it down and put an end to this. You can't prove it's just that it's human life. To begin with, scientifically something a to begin with, scientifically, something very radical occurs between the process of the gameatosis and fertilization, the change from a simple part of one human being, i.e. a sperm, and a simple part of another human being, i.e. the ucleocyte, usually referred to as the ovum or the egg. To put simply, what simply possesses, excuse me, human life to a new genetically unique you. A newly existing individual who whole living human being, a single-celled embryotic human zygote. That is, upon fertilization, part of human beings have actually been transformed into something very different from what they were before. They have been changed into a single whole human being. During the process of fertilization, the sperm and the oocyte cease to exist as such, and a new human being is being produced. To understand this, it should be remembered that each kind of living organism has a specific number and quality of chromosomes that are characteristics for each member of a species. The number can vary slightly from organism to organism. Um, For example, the characteristic number of chromosomes for a member of the human species is 46 plus or minus a few for Down syndrome, Turner syndrome, that type of thing. Every somatic or body Uh, just one second. All right. I lost my spot. Every somatic cell in a human being has this characteristic number of chromosomes. Even the early germ cells contain 46 chromosomes. That it, it is their only mature forms. The sex gametes, or sperm or oocytes, which later contain only 23 of each. Sperms and oocytes are derived from a primitive germ cells developed in the, in the developing fetus by means of a process known as gameatosis. Because each germ cell normally has 46 chromosomes, the process of fertilization cannot take place until the total number of chromosomes in each germ cell are cut in half. This is necessary so that after the fusion of fertilization, the characteristic number of chromosomes in a single individual member of the human species, 46, can be maintained. Otherwise, we would end up with a monster of some sort, as they put it which is true because then you would not have reproduction. To accurately see why a sperm or oocyte are considered only as only possessing human life and not as a living human being themselves, one needs to look at the basic scientific facts involved with the process of gameatosis and fertilization. It may help keep in mind that the products of gameatosis and fertilization are very different. The products of gameatosis are Mature sex gametes with only 23 instead of the 46 chromosomes. A product of fertilization is a living human being with 46 chromosomes. Gameatosis refers to the maturation of germ cells resulting in gametes. Fertilization refers to the initiation 
of a new human being. So based on the science, when sperm meets egg and they fuse together and those bonds coalesce at an anatomical level, we're talking at a chemical level, that is a human being. It is a living human being because of our previous definition of life. As sperm meets egg, it begins to divide immediately after they have connected. It's not a subtle and small process. In fact, both sperm and egg react to the stimuli of each other. It is a reaction of chemical composition that they immediately start to grow. One to two, two to four, four to six, and so on and so forth. Cellular reproduction is a part of metabolism. They attach to the uterus or to the the uterary wall to be able to metabolize and continue cellular reproduction inside the mother. The cells reproduce. They double themselves and then start to make body functions, to make arms and legs, to make feet, to make the, the brain. All of this is not possible until sperm meets egg. So the argument that you cannot prove that it's not alive defies science. It is a denial of scientific fact. The very beginning of a human life is at conception according to science, according to embryology, according to the definition of life. So the first myth that's appropriated by the feminist movement is that you can't brew, it's just a zygote, it's just a clump of cells, is defying science. It is not true. It is a life. It is more than just a clump of cells. It would not exist if it was not fertilized, and it couldn't have been fertilized without two to tango. So that's just one part of this particular argument. Now, that's just to say that just because it's alive doesn't mean you can't kill it. Well, that becomes a problem here because when you use moral relativistic arguments, you're trying to justify an immoral action. Morality is entirely subjective. So the problem is if you're, what line do you cross that you're okay to kill people? If it's not born yet, is it okay to kill a person? In some cases, this may be true because your your body does it naturally. Uh, miscarriages, uh, stillbirths, uh, late-term abortion, which is the uh, um, early abortion um, where you're prematurely born and probably won't survive, that type of thing. Although we do have medical technology that allows us to get past that problem of our own species. But that moral argument falls on its head. It's no longer a moral argument because by definition of life, the moment that sperm meets egg, that is life. According to the law, murder is when one human takes the life of another human. So to give you an idea about this, definition of murder. Just dictionary.com. 
Um, not as good as Merriam-Webster, in my opinion, but it'll work. The killing of another human being under the conditions specifically covered in law, the U.S. And the US specific statutory definition includes murder, murder committed with malice, a forethought characterized by deliberation or premeditation, or occurring during the commission of another serious crime, such as robbery, arson, so on and so forth, is first-degree murder. And murder by intent without deliberation or premeditation is second-degree murder. So if you kill someone and it's by accident, you didn't do it on purpose, or it's in a fit of rage, um, you intended to kill them, but it wasn't planned out, in other words, that is second-degree murder. First-degree murder is a planned murder. If we go with the definition of life, which is the reproduction, the growth, the metabolism, and reaction to stimuli, couple that with scientifically concluded fact that once sperm meets egged, it is now a human life because it cannot be anything but human life once it's fertilized. It doesn't magically turn into a dog. The genetic composition isn't the same. We wouldn't be able to crossbreed dog with human. The only outcome between sperm and egg is another human, when in, in context of humans. So in essence, that makes abortion first-degree murder. It's premeditated. It's intended to happen. And it ends a human life. Our laws have been molded in such a way that it takes into account that our own bodies commit murder. Our own bodies, or all the women's body, men cannot do this, obviously, will miscarry. That would be manslaughter at best because it's not intended. Your body just rejected the fetus and spit it out because it's not viable for whatever reason your body decided. So the... The line drawn that people have moved it to is it's not a, – a fetus does not have rights until birth, until gestation, until it's out of the womb at normal term. In that case, then it can be protected under law because birth is goalpost, if you will. So if you stop a childbirth before the goalpost, then you're safe. At least that might be the legal ramifications and view of it. But if you look at the science and you look at the definition of life, the first argument that it's just a clump of cells that you cannot produce, you can't prove that it's human life, defies embryology, defies, defies biology, and defies the very definition of life. All three of those things push the moral argument of it's okay to uh, miscarry because it's just a clump of cells right out the damn window. However, since your own body does it naturally, why could we not induce it if it's not um, something that the woman wants? And this is the argument I actually agree with feminists on. The pro-choice option or side is that women can choose to abort the fetus if they want to, especially if the guy ditches. Face it, guys are assholes. And some of them just get a woman pregnant and take off because they don't want to deal with that. On the flip side, women might have 
unprotected sex as well, they get pregnant and don't want the baby because it will ruin their lives. They have different life goals, career choices and whatnot. And so in those situations, maybe they go get an abortion because it's a natural process. However, it should not be put upon men at all. That choice. It is entirely the woman's choice to decide whether or not they want to take that life. It's, it's not the man's choice. And this, I agree with feminism, that that choice is up to the woman, but I think it should also face the consequences of that choice. You have now ended a life purposefully with intent. And it is killing the potential of a life that could have existed. The argument of morality being completely subjective would be that it's on the woman. If she decided to abort a fetus, I think everybody should know that uh, she likes to have unprotected sex. And you get her pregnant, and she'll just go and kill it. Not a person you want to be around. If she has that much disregard for human life, why would you want that person around to be an actual mother later in life? Makes no sense to me. You continue on into the other arguments, which are women, uh, men have no right to dictate what women do with their bodies and such. That's just fine as well. If, if they want to have that attitude, that is absolutely true. I, I agree that they shouldn't have anything dictated to them. I don't, I'm very much against authoritarianism, where no one should be told what to do so long as it's not doing harm to anyone else. In this case, they are actually harming a life. However, it's also a natural process. So there's a conflict of interest for me there that I have yet to resolve in my own view of whether or not it's okay for a woman to kill a fetus, murder a human being. The final position I want to make with the uh, argument for moral relativism for this is the conundrum comes to the value of human life at some point. The Bible says that a child's not uh, worth a damn thing until they're two, according to the Bible. That's awesome. And Muhammad, however, he was a pedophile, so I'm pretty sure he found children very interesting, considering he married a nine-year-old and consummated it at, at 13. Class act asshole right there. But it's it's really an individual choice. I think there should be a lot bigger effort, not toward the uh, consequences of having unprotected sex or failing to use appropriate contraception or failing to get what's needed. I think a couple of things should happen. On the feminist side, I agree with this, that contraception for women should be readily available, should not be something that um, women have to go through a doctor and pay a hell of a lot more than men for. Men can go to any truck stop and get a condom because it just fits. They're easily um, mass produced and that's because, you know, it's stretchy. One size fits all for the most part. So women should have the same access, if not better. They have better options there has been more scientific evi- – or not evidence, but scientific breakthroughs in contraception for women's sides than men, and those efforts should be free 
in my opinion, are at least the same price as a freaking box of condoms. At very least the same price. But before all that, we need a standardized across education borders, uh, junior high level education on proper sex ed, preventative measures, options to protect yourself from pregnancy, and more. It has been proven to work every place that it's been done. And I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you uh, have some conversation around this. I know that I've uh, covered a lot. This is a very controversial issue, but I stick with the science. Fertilization is the start of human life. Life has already been defined as not controversial. Abortion is ending a human life, whether it be by natural process or by medical process, surgical, end of life. You have options to prevent this. I think you all should explore those options and act responsibly and accept the consequences of your actions. And now I'm off the air. This is the after show of the Axiom Principle. I hope you found this extremely educational. I'm still kind of a fence sitter on this. When it comes down to a woman giving an abortion or doing an abortion, um, I usually don't want to stick around to them anymore. I have once before, and it was the worst mistake of my life. Um, she was um, a real interesting person, to say the least. Um, I know of two people from personal perspective that had an abortion. Um, more than likely was my child as well. Only one of them do I still talk to, because one of them did it out of malice. The other one did it because she was so afraid of actually being a mother like her mother that it was causing her mental distress and breaking down. She she had some – she was freaking out. I don't know how else to put it. It was very traumatic for her because her childhood was equally traumatic. And uh, I've known her for years, and because of that, I, I tried to convince her otherwise because it is a human life. But ultimately, that was her decision. Shortly thereafter – she uh, scheduled an appointment to have herself completely fixed. She can now never have children again. That was years ago. So she took preventative measures to stop that action from ever happening again. And that's my personal experience on this matter. I've had two ladies in my, in my history that have done this. Um, only one do I respect. The other one, I don't. And that was all because of their actions after the fact, not before. I judge people on actions and character, not by anything else. So this will go up on YouTube. I'll, um, I have some uh, – I'm going to put the links in the description on the YouTube channel for those that find me on YouTube and, and listen to this. Um, you can always pull up the podcast, listen to it if you want to, um, but – if you don't, you want to just grab the links in the description, please do. They'll be there for free. Um, I hopefully spelled out enough in there so you can grab those links over in um, off the podcast itself. I, look, I recommend you all look up the biological terms when it comes to this because the moral argument from the feminist perspective on just a clump of cells and the zygote and it's just a clump of cells is absolute bullshit. Embryology has said, moment sperm hits egg, they fuse, 
and start to multiply. That is by definition life, and it cannot be anything but human life because there's no two half pieces of the 46 chromosomes required to be human that would combine properly. It's just not chemically possible. It's impossible. The argument on itself is just an, a statement of ignorance of, of biology. It's another evident um, argument that fits with the axiom principle. They're trying to present it as a, a truth. That it's just a clump of cells. It's not human. That's not true. Absolutely not freaking true. Science has proven otherwise. Trust in science and the process thereof. Yes, there's a consensus. Yes, sometimes we get things wrong in the scientific method. But in large, it's how we have gotten all the knowledge that we possess today. Every last piece of it is based on the scientific method. So when you ignore science for your ideological position, like the Christians do with this moral argument of abortion, and the feminists do with their moral arguments of abortion, they're both going to end up being wrong. But they both also actually have a piece of truth inside each one of them. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, I have a lot of uh, kind of shit posting that I do on on YouTube that um, I try to make entertaining. And uh, join me on Minds. Follow me there. That's where I've been moving most of my uh, social media. I still am up on Twitter, the Dr. G, or the Dr. underscore V is what I go by now. Um, there's a story behind that. It's pretty entertaining. But thank you all for joining. I hope you join me uh, next time. I'm going to put my two next episodes up for June and uh, I'll see you then. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.